0: Hey, Gwen.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Not too much. I saw on Twitter, and I want to f- find your exact tweet, but you basically tweeted something about, is it a good idea that I start prototyping another game? <laughs> and, uh, hang on, let me find it, just because I read no, it. No, it.
1: it's okay. Yeah, it was a poll. It was a that fun poll. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it, the, how do I put it? I don't know, you hit the middle point of a project, and it's a lot of work mm. and you're just climbing the mountain. And it's just really fun to imagine making a different game because <laughs> a new shiny game has no problems yet. Yeah, that's you know? true. You haven't hit the point where it's where you have to deal with the hard things. It's just ideas in your head. It's perfect. Mm. So yeah, I spent a weekend and I had some fun imagining making a completely different game. That's not, I, and I did feel guilty about it, which is why I had that poll. It It's, hmm is it it feels weird if you're leading a project to go work on another project cuz you feel like you're you're cheating yeah. on your <laughs> on the thing you should be doing it feels like all of your time like if you're going to do game dev you should do game dev on the game you're making right but like I, it feels really wrong yeah,
0: maybe like i i enjoyed the cuz i found the poll you did and i voted for what turned out to be the winning vote She was saying, Should you start prototyping a new game this weekend? And it was like, A great idea, the best idea, or Oh God. And I immediately clicked (laughs) Oh God because I was like, Oh God, don't. 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 Don't don't feel like you're in the saggy midpoint and then be like, I'll do something else. I was like, No.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not oh how do i it, i was never gonna go off and just make a completely different game and abandon yeah. lab rat like the game i'm making right now i will finish i will finish it and i will launch it i need to announce it soon this is getting you out should. of control you
0: should i didn't know it was called lab rat
1: i didn't know that i i don't know it's going to be called lab rat yet either <laughs> it might like, not be. Yeah. <laughs> i'm still trying to get that trademark we'll see that's a very common oh, name yeah, but a yeah tough that's trademark
0: to get Gwen. lab rat yeah yeah
1: well i mean i've applied we'll see we'll yeah. see if it goes through yeah anyway um yeah, uh, that's the working title now. Hmm. And it's just, I love this game. It's great. It's interesting and unique in different ways. I'm polling, basically I'm I'm polling people as they play and the game kind of adjusts and you can kind of see how other people are responding to the polls. Uh, I There's a lot of twists and turns in the narrative. I love the team I'm working with. I'm having a great time. But it is just a lot of work. Mm. And it, this was supposed to be like a fun side project and it kind of became like what I'm, Guessing is going to be like a year-long project, Uh, and it's that could be the
0: like the Gwen Frey story. It was supposed to be a side project, but it became a
1: (laughs) long. That's a boring story. That's everyone's heard that story before. Like that's every game dev. Well, in all seriousness, that's every successful game for the most part because you start out with very you start out making something that's achievable Mm. and that's small. And then if you find something interesting in that idea, you expand it. And if you find something else interesting, you expand it. And so it's not, uh, you can call it scope creep and sometimes it is scope creep. That's the way to call it if it's bad. Mm. Uh,
0: If it didn't work, it was scope creep.
1: Yeah. If it did work, it was, you know, following the thread of what makes the game interesting Mm. and allowing the game to get bigger in order to, to become what it needs to be. You know it we apply these different words to things, like is somebody confident or are they arrogant? That yeah. really depends on the result right is Is it scope creep or is it you found something and you're building on it mm. it It really just at the in hindsight hindsight is twenty twenty but when you're in it, you don't really know
0: yeah, that's gotta be tough i mean it it uh, this leads in nicely to what like I wanted to talk to you about, which is uh inspiration and motivation and that kind of stuff and this was mostly born from the back of me just seeing uh what's now might be working title lab rat your next game on your twitch stream like two weeks ago maybe and i don't think i obviously just hadn't seen it for a long time because i was just like jesus this looks really good like this look (laughs) this looks Amazing, like to me anyway, as someone who hadn't People seen it for People are very
1: easily impressed with visuals.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I know like, I was. But well, like
1: when it was, was Grey Box, it was the same thing. Like two months ago, it was the same game. It's just you, you needed to see the pretty shine. And then everyone's like, oh, now it's now, oh, that looks like a game. Oh, it did. It makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was like, wow, look at this. Like the little dude's all animated. Like he's got a little, like, nervous kind of movement going on. And like, like he's itching to get solving or whatever it is he wants to do. And the mm-hmm. the robot arms were all moving. Like, literally, I, I think I said in your chat, like, the last time I saw these robot arms, they were just static assets that you said you'd bought. Because I was like, oh, wow, are those going to move? And you said, yeah, I'll get on that eventually. But they were all <laughs> moving and shit. And I was like, oh, wow, fucking look at this. And, yeah, it got me thinking, like... Because I remember, like, when you came off Kine, which doesn't feel like... It, it doesn't even feel like that long ago. It was sort of like, oh, man, okay... Who knows what I'm gonna do. Taking a break now. Like gonna just think about what I'm doing for a bit.
1: Yeah. And it felt like no I, time at
0: all and you're like you're already in it. And really I was like, shit. It felt like an eternity
1: that. to me. Like I've I wrapped Because you gotta keep in mind, most of the end of Kine was like dealing like I wrapped up all content on Kine maybe a year ago. Mm. Right? What where where are we? We're in July. Yes. Yeah. Like after about July I was not touching content in Kine. I was just Dealing with some port issues, doing emails, getting localization done. I had mm. not. I haven't done anything creative since like July last year. And so, by the time I launched, I was actually really fucking sick of kind. Like I hated mm. that game. Yeah. I hate every game, right Around when I launch it. Like it, and it's the worst because that's when you're supposed to be marketing. And you're supposed to be really <laughs> excited and pushing it. But it's really hard because I just, I was just done with it. Like, I was done with that game, and it launched, and uh, and this is terrible to say, because it's always like this for me, at least. Like, I, I was done with that game. I was in the... That launching on that many storefronts at once was a mistake. Like, mm. that was so draining.
0: <laughs> uh, it sounded it, just from talking to you about it.
1: <laughs> uh, going through CERT on all those platforms, just launching on all those... Yeah, like... I, I just reached a point where I couldn't see the game anymore. I didn't care. I didn't know why it was fun anymore. Because mm. I hadn't touched the content side of, like, any part of what made the game fun, I hadn't touched in months. And so that, like, my ability to talk about it was stale. And I launched it, and I, like, uh, I don't know. I went through the usual process. Being sad for a bit. Not sure what to do. Making lists. I tend to make a lot of lists. Hmm. Special about... The, the sort of lists change depending on like my mental state. Mm. Like I remember so so after Kine, it was mostly lists of like here's why puzzle here's the puzzle games that do well, here's why they did well, here's what you need to do to succeed in this genre. here's other genres that do better. like doing the Venn diagram of here's what I can do, here's what yeah. I should do, you know. and just that that usual stuff you do at the beginning of a project. Cause I wanted to, I don't know, I'm torn in a lot of different directions at any given time. I feel like I should probably, I have, I like working with people. Mm. I like the idea of managing a company, kind of theoretically. Yeah, it would be fun to grow a studio and make something bigger. Um, the kinds of games that I really enjoy tend to be the kinds of games that are not the most lucrative and mm. that are high risk. Like, I love inside, but that's a ridiculous thing to build a studio around, making games that are kind of narr- like narrative puzzle games, beautiful little narrative puzzle games, things like that. A lot of my favorite games tend to be the genres that don't do well. The genres that do well on Steam, you look at them, they're like, you know, systems-heavy games, um, which don't get me wrong, I love, I, I love Civ, but I don't have the skill set to make something like Civ. That seems you understand?
0: like it's quite a complicated uh, setup to make a Civ, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to justify if your background is art and animation and like I come from irrational games. You know, I my my skill set, the thing that I'm good at uh is making these kind of uh, taking a game, figuring out how it should look, how to sell the design as far as the art goes and then making it, right? Mm. And um it, and I know, like, I have a Rolodex of artists that I can work with. My, my skill set is I can very cheaply and easily make a game look AAA quality. Which is why you were... When you saw LabRat, you were like, holy crap, that looks like a game. Mm. How did you do that so quickly? That's literally, like, what I do. That's the thing I'm good at. Yeah. But it's not nec- But, like, I don't want to necessarily make walking simulators, you know? I've never... Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's this, a bunch of things here. Like, I love... I love these kind of strategy games, but I don't think I could do a pure, make a pure strategy game. That's just such a totally different skill set from what I have. Mm. And pure strategy games, if you look at them, they're just, they don't need to look AAA. No. You know? In yeah, fact, I've, yeah. like, a huge part of a game like RimWorld, a game I adore, is that you project you, you you project a story onto these characters, and the more developed the characters looked, the more developed that world looked. The not only would it hurt iteration because like it takes longer to iterate when things are developed but i i would actually argue it's if you define the characters too much then you lose that the player doesn't have the ability to project what they think that character is do you understand like a a player will project all kinds of meaning onto uh an ai walking around doing a thing or they'll project a personality and a look onto onto a character and so anyway, that, so, so the problem is, like, I have a skill set that leans in a certain direction. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And, uh, and I have games that I like, and there's the games that make money. And so I always end up in this, like, sad spiral, figuring out what to do in between projects. Um, we, I experienced this a lot at the Molasses Flood as well, mm. uh, and leading up to Khan. And then I ended up, like, I, I started working on a, a kind of what if Sokoban was a tactics game sort of thing which I, I still want to go back to and, and touch again because uh, there is something there but I was spinning my wheels in that for a while and I needed a break and so and the coronavirus was bumming me out and so I had started a little game jam, right? with Lucas and it this is what became Labrad it a, it's a puzzle game I, st- I started adding narrative to it and now it's just exploded in scope and now it's going to be probably another 5 hour narrative puzzle game Mm. which is what I swear I wouldn't do after kind because they're not the kind of games that I can't build a studio around making these kinds of games. You understand? Like it's okay yeah. as a solo developer or like a, I'm I'm the only employee of Chump Squad. I've got Lucas working part-time for rev share and I've got some contractors helping out, but that's not growing a studio. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, this, this isn't yeah this is a move in a similar direction rather than a different or like advancing or whatever
1: yeah which is not exactly. necessarily a bad
0: thing but I, but I guess like what we were getting at you were talking about lists and stuff and that was kind of something i wanted to talk about just because it's like where do you get like the motivation to do these things because obviously you said this was a very it's a whole process for you, and just me looking at it from the outside, I just see like a video game that looks like. Nice. I'm like, "Fuck, she's done it again!" Like, how how does she keep doing it? But it is, I think, an interesting thing. Like, when you are the only person like trying to keep yourself motivated, and you're really the only person you're accountable to. I guess you're working with someone now, so there is that level of accountability. But like,
1: yeah, that actually you, helped a lot. I bet, like right? having. Yeah, because like I was, um, when I was just working on the tactics game, it was, I mean, I, obviously I would get up, I would work on it every day, but it was, you don't have that energy of impressing somebody. Mm. I love that. I feed on that. Mm. If I show something to somebody and they're like, oh my God, that looks so awesome, or oh my God, I can, I have so many ideas based on that, and you're riffing on ideas with somebody, that helps me so much. Uh, just having some... The anticipation of knowing that you're gonna show something to a team member and then riffing on that idea with that team member feels great. Like I I love that. It's one of the reasons why I wanna be a studio rather than like Yeah. I don't want Chump Squad to just be Gwen forever. It's Chump Squad. It was supposed to <laughs> grow at some point here, I guess. But you know. Yeah. I gotta figure that out. So
0: do you have like I guess one of the things that's interesting to me? personally, just in terms of my own inspiration and stuff is what people's sort of routines and how they get inspiration and all that kind of, like, I know it it just sounds like the kind of articles for a blog that someone would try and pitch you, but like, (laughs) it's something that I find genuinely interesting. And also I find can kind of help people if they have a similar thought process to you. Do you have like an ideal routine in your day, like when you want to actually work, as it were, like when you want to or even a setting where you want to be inspired?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I guess my daily routine would be that I uh, usually wake up and then I just, I don't know, like my routine (laughs) changes throughout Hmm. the years. Uh, I, I wouldn't say there's ever been just one. Mm. Right now, because I work from home, there's loads of tips out there for how to work from home. Um, generally, I try to do a bit of work before I check my email. Uh, I fail at that utterly. Like I, in, in all seriousness, if you want to know the real routine, the coronavirus routine is I wake up, I get on Twitter, I regret it within about 20 minutes. Also, wow, how did I spend 20 minutes on Twitter? Mm. Uh, and then I Check my email, um, which is significantly less daunting than it was after Kine. Like, I I get very few emails a day, so it's fine. Uh, And then I write a list of what I... I I look at the game, and I look at my to-do list, and I try not to cry. Mm -hmm. And then I I figure out what I think I want to accomplish today. I write that down on a piece of paper. That's super important. And then I just uh, bang through that list. Um, And... Usually, about i at about noon, I go and I eat, and about four, I go for a walk for about an hour and a half, and then I come home and I decide if I want to work from get a little bit more work done after dinner or not, like
0: mm.
1: uh, and that's like my daily routine. And at any time I'm working on a game, yeah, I don't really have weekends either. I've started yeah. to I- introduce the concept of a weekend. i've I do it on and off. I still work on the weekends, but I take more breaks to, like, play video games. That makes sense. Out. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, like, break up the routine a bit on the weekends. I just don't feel bad about it as much. Yeah,
0: that's good. I So one thing you mentioned a lot is lists. That's something, like, do you have a specific system that you do for lists? Like, because one thing I'm interested in is inspiration because you, you, you went from kind to, like, two other projects kind of quick were they relatively like is it were the ideas for those just things you've always had buzzing around in your head or did you seek inspiration to kind of like do you sit down look at new video games to find inspiration or how do you Mm -hmm. get there with that
1: Um, it's hard to like the question of where ideas come from is a complicated one that's different for everybody yeah Uh, like a lot of the So some of the ideas I didn't pursue, but I thought, hmm. So while I was working on Kind, I was always having ideas for things that would be cool for a sequel or that would be cool for a totally different game. And I would kind of sketch out the moat, like I would animate them really quickly in Maya and I would save that off to a folder. And So I have a folder of just puzzle mechanics that I think would be fun to pursue at some point. Um, After Kind launched, I realized I should not make a puzzle game again because I'm, just kind of sustaining where I am in life. And mm. maybe I should, I don't know, have goals. So <laughs> okay. so I uh, uh, i decided to abandon all of that mm. and work on it. And that just came down to, hmm. So the tactics game was largely me thinking about why I loved Disgaea so much, mm. what I liked about it, and what I wish existed but doesn't. Mm. Like, wouldn't it be neat if there was a game that was a kind of a crossover of these two things. Here's what I like about, so here's why I made kind. Here's what I like about all these Sokoban games I've been playing. Here's what I like about tactics games. Um, and uh, just kind of, that was a game that, that came, the design for that just came around. Here's a combination of things that I love and things I think would be successful. Um, while I was doing that, at one point I took a week off because I was really frustrated. Uh, I I was also, for that game, I was collaborating with somebody and that collaboration did not pan out very well, Mm. uh, early on in the tactics game. Uh, uh, I took a week off and I made a... because I was really... I was on Twitter too much and I was really mad about (laughs) some stuff that was going on in the world politically. Mm. And I tried to make a funny game about politics that was just showing how you can manipulate stats and polls to lie to people. And that was actually very important because that that was every now and then you get something you're actually passionate about and it's, and time flies and you just work for like, you don't even think of it as work. You just work constantly for like 12 or 14 hours. yeah There's these days where you you wake up and you just, you know exactly what you want to do and you go and you do it and it's so fulfilling and I love those days and that's so rare that you get that. But mm. I had like a solid week where I banged out this what ended up being really not very funny at all. <laughs> like, It was like dark Buzzfeed. It's like, which oh, is already dark, yeah. so really just didn't need to exist. <laughs> like, uh, so. But that was important because that game actually wound up rolling back into LabRat mm. in hindsight in a weird way. Because what I learned from there was how to integrate, how to use stats, how to make a poll using just leaderboards and stats. Um I had this idea of, you know, basically doing some kind of messing with people on a psychological level using polls and stats and all that ended up in Labrat in a mm. weird backwards way. It's part of the narrative. Like the whole the whole narrative of Labrat it's actually speaking to what's going on in tech today. It's it's I'm not going to explain this well. I've never had to talk about Labrat out loud, so forgive me if this is bad. But like the whole the narrative changes based on how people no it doesn't change. It, the narrative slightly changes based on how people reply to polls and different things. The whole point of Labra is that you're, as you're, you're playing this game, this AI is testing you and it's coming to darker and darker conclusions about humanity based on how you reply, what you do and how you reply to, uh, to these polls and to these different, um, answer these different questions and so forth. And it's, Profiling you and it's judging you and it uh, and it's judging humanity in general and it's bucketing us into different um, into different groups and so forth and that's a that's a huge part of what the narrative is for Lab Rat and all the data that's being used in LabRat is actual data that is being collected from the actual players and so this whole idea came from that prototype that I did in a week where I was messing around with PlayFab and making shitty Buzzfeed. Mm so i can't i would never have sat down and come up with that without if i hadn't gone and done that weird prototype you know sometimes you just gotta let that happen
0: yeah that's interesting i mean that definitely it feels like a natural iterative way to kind of come up with inspiration and stuff because i think a lot of people think like myself included that like you'll just sit down and go. Now, I must think of a new thing. Let us think. And you just sit there staring <laughs> blankly.
1: <laughs> no. At
0: like a Google Doc. Like, I'm the worst for that. Like, I'll open a Google Doc and be like, it's the thing that I'm going to do. And then you just sit there and go, hmm.
1: Yeah, the collaboration I had that didn't work out was largely because of that. It was largely, huh. we will not write a line of code until we have uh desi- defined a design doc. Yeah. And it it was involved a lot of research into design docs, which I've completely forgot. I've never written a fucking design doc. Hmm. Like I don't. I, and I to be fair, it's not like I'm some kind of experienced designer with a large history of design knowledge. Like I don't. Hmm. I hope you don't. God, people are going to listen to this podcast and sh- pick up my shitty habits. But like, because <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that. Maybe you should write a design doc, especially if you're trying to you know coordinate a team around something oh for sure Um, we're we're
0: talking about what works for you specifically you know those are the caveats mm -hmm. and you you've shipped things so you know these are workable things if you are you and you are
1: kind kind was the only game i shipped where i was the designer though true In the other games i was always the artist i was always kind of realizing the art vision for the design i was Mm -hmm. never like the creative director or the designer in any capacity so i don't really feel like and to be fair it's not like i've designed a great deal a great number of games. I go on Discord and I look at these puzzle designers that are cranking out like a puzzle game every weekend. It's mm. one of the reasons why I love working with Lucas. The the Lucas is for I'm collaborating with Lucas Loeslow for this for Labrat and he he is a person that just cranks out puzzle games. That's mm. his his deal, right? And he's good at it. He's he made all the puzzles like I'll give him a mechanic, he'll or several mechanics, he'll pick and choose which ones he wants, and he'll bang out a bunch of puzzles. He's fantastic. I think that's... Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> uh, like, I would consider him a designer. I don't know if I would... I mean, I'm a designer, but I, I wouldn't say I have like a great deal of experience doing this. Mm. So I don't know necessarily that this is the right way to do things. It's just no, how I happen to be operating. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I would say there is no definitive right way to do things it's uh but i I think it it, definitely the way you do things may have merit for people that are similar to you
1: Mm. god help you people (laughs)
0: well yeah so like it's like i said with your inspiration it sounds like you uh have an iterative process but like for motivation do you have any process that kind of keeps you going beyond just the natural or is it purely just the natural desire to keep going that's kind of innate or do you have to cultivate that in any way
1: Hmm. how do i find the motivation to to do what exactly
0: uh to keep making your game i mean it it kind of ties into a, a a question of confidence and stuff as well like when when there's nobody telling you to do something and there's no expectation from anyone. how do you keep yourself confident that this is what you should be doing, and you are motivated to do it? I guess is the question
1: i mean you can you cobble together motivation from a series of sources. Mm. I think one of the most powerful ones is fear mm. uh, so <laughs> God, don't take my advice, but uh, you'll you'll get this to people will skirt around this when they say things like you need to apply or, or you need to submit your game to shows and that show will give you a deadline. And then that deadline, people are going to play your game and they're going to judge you mm. uh, and you're going to find out a lot about the game and yourself in that moment. Uh, and what that is and you know, that's coming and you have anticipation about that and that forces you to get your get worked on, and to, to take your game and turn it into something that people can play and that represents your vision as quickly as, uh, like, in time for the deadline. So going to shows is huge. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I would say that's almost kind of like motivating yourself through fear in a weird way, right? Um, or I perhaps excitement, I don't know, it depends on your perspective. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, I, though, to be fair, I haven't had shows so why have i been working on LabRat? i think part of my motivation for this game the one i'm working on now it was very helpful to work with lucas i feel bad i don't want to let lucas down there is a bit of that Mm -hmm. uh i feel like hmm i mean i can't just not make games what else am i going to do well that's
0: you know that's a a valid thing to discuss as well. I mean that that sounds it sounds like that is an a night thing within you that you just kind of need to do, if you know what I mean, because there is the thing of like like why why do you why do you you could you could do you could do anything at this point gwen like within the, I, well you know I mean, within the realm of making video games like you could you didn't you don't have to yeah. sit there and make your own independent game i mean obviously right that now is, is a very difficult time it probably is a lot harder to go out and get a job somewhere but so it was i
1: could go get a job that is always on my mind exactly yeah, this true.
0: this is i mean this was a question before even kind came out that i remember us discussing which was sort of like you could just go and go, okay, I'm gonna go to X AAA studio because you have plenty of experience and you could work there and you would, you know, be you'd be making games and you'd be probably a bit more secure uh, financially. I mean, who knows anymore, but like, than you are currently. So there must be something that makes you go, well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna make my hmm. own thing.
1: Making your own video games is incredibly risky the molasses flood was a very difficult time. We were teetering on the edge of folding that company so many times, mm. and it was really dark. Uh, and I almost I almost went to AAA several times. And the reason I didn't was <laughs> at any given time, we always had three months of runway in the bank, and I was like, well, if I leave early, then I won't get the payout <laughs> when the company folds. Mm. And it was, um, I can't leave Boston. I'm in, I hate Boston, but. Uh, <sighs> I'm I'm getting married. I'm in love with a boy, and he won't leave Boston. And the reality is, the jobs in Boston are like. There's harmonics, which is um, probably and there there's just no place in Boston I want to work. Mm. Uh, and so it sounds fucked up, but like it is a little bit necessity. Oh, that's not true. I can always work remote. Well, there yeah. are AAA remote jobs. Why don't I do it? I don't know. I don't
0: like. Why do you Why do you take i I guess to the point like what's the driving factor where you're like hey gwen you could make x amount of money and have x amount of security and you're like no i think what i'll do is this like what Mm -hmm. is the driving factor behind that because i um, imagine there would be one (laughs) that doesn't have to be well
1: when you work on so i did contracting i've done loads of contracting right um uh, Contracting—you never really feel like you're part of the team. You don't really have a mm. say. Maybe you would if you were like a remote dev for another studio. It's something I guess I'd never really. Well, I've. I mean, I can. I I like, I like being the. <laughs> I like having a lot of say over what I'm doing. I, the worst feeling in the, uh, so much of. My happiness is liking what I'm doing and waking up in, during the day and in, enjoying making a video game, the worst thing in the world is working on something you don't believe in. Mm. It's just the worst. It just kills. Uh, if you go and you're you're spending time on a feature that you think is going to get cut, uh, if you're spending time on a game that you think is crap and you're not proud of, if you're... Um, that's just... Or if you think your your work is some meaningless small part of a game, yeah, these are just the worst feelings, and I would rather just be poor and unemployed. Mm. I mean, because at that point, like, why are you like this? You spend so much of your life doing your job, doing this thing that that. I mean, you spend when I when I went to work, I I used to joke about this, but I spend more time with my coworkers than I do with my significant other, and that's yeah. normal. That's just normal part of life Mm. Uh, when I had a like a desk job. And even now, so much of your time is this thing that you do for your vocation that if you don't enjoy it, I mean, what's the point? (laughs) I don't know. Like what is uh, either it has to take up. It has to give you so much money with such a small amount of time that you can go do other things you enjoy, but that's Mm. not a thing you're going to get in video games. Um, or you just gotta go do something you enjoy. And so, I don't know, the idea of being locked into a contract, committing to work on a game, because the other thing is, that, like, I would never leave a game that's half done or something. Like, I wouldn't, Yeah. I wouldn't want to, you know, be a shitty contractor that tried it out and was like, eh! So, or, or, like, a remote dev person that didn't like it. I, If I'm working on my own stuff, then I know that I like what I'm doing. Um. And that I believe in it, and that I'm not working on a feature that'll get cut. And if it is cut, it's cut because I thought I should cut it, and that makes a huge difference. So that's
0: it's interesting because it's not like a simple choice to make either. Like it seems like that's the baseline, simple thing to do, but it's not. It's because I mean, I imagine you would have had to have agonized over a lot of those decisions where it's like, yeah, that's what I want but is that what I should do? Kind of a thing.
1: Oh, sure. Oh my god. So, <laughs> right? like, yes. Yes. Especially especially when you're not in it. You know, sometimes when you're in that flurry where you're really excited about the project, you all these ideas like, reality fades away and you don't give a shit. Mm. Uh, But in between projects or at the moments when the projects are hard, it's um, you often think about Game dev cycles can take like 2-3 years. And so when you're at the beginning of a project, you're thinking where do I want to be in 2 or 3 years? You kind of have that kind of long-term goal and planning in your mind. Mm. And you hmm There's a a series of conflicting things. Like there's I I like leading a team, but I also like doing the work. This is a really common problem. You get promoted to a place where you're managing people and that's exhausting. And you miss doing the thing that you like the people you're managing are doing the thing that you actually want to do. Mm. Uh, That's the thing that happens when a company grows, for instance. Or so how big do you want your company to be? How big are the what kind of games do you want to make? Um, What do you want to like when you look back? in a given decade, you'll have made maybe three games, right? What are those three games going to be and what do they do to, for the world? Like, on a small level, I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> lofty and pretentious, but, mm. like, on some level, you know, this is, this is a representation of what you're about. This is what you're interested in doing. Um, if you have, if you're privileged enough to be able to choose what you work on, then that becomes slightly more of a factor. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes I feel like there, there's a weird thing where because I'm a chick and I'm involved, like I know activists and stuff. There is a thing where it's like, wow. We really need like one female game developer to fucking go for it and make the next League of Legends, or you know. And I'm just, and there's times when I feel like shit. I have the like I have the people to do that. I know who to talk to to get funding. I could secure a couple million and make try to make an esport. But I've mm. got no fucking interest in esports. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was gonna say you're just, always
0: going on about the esports, Gwen. I'm si- yeah, sick of hearing uh, it.
1: Or like some some bigger game, you yeah, know? I get and you. I, it, it, but like, I just don't want to. But mm. I feel like fuck, someone should. But it's not going to be me. Mm. Like, <laughs> and, uh, the, yeah, like there's always a lot of conflicting motivations.
0: Mm. So shifting a little bit but one thing i did want to touch on is how do you stay confident that like you are actually making something good while you're doing it is it just purely i think this is good or like when you're in the middle of it do you ever get i'd imagine you'd have to but you get points where you're like is this even does this suck like is this actually bad like i don't know i don't is this good or is it you know you believe constantly like no this is good i think this is
1: good oh i waffle yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh, there's days when you oh god that's like that's true of not just like the game as a whole but of every little part Mm. like when you're working on an animation you'll go to sleep at night you'll you'll finish it and you'll be like I am a fucking God. And you'll wake <laughs> up the next day and you'll look at it and you'll be like, wow, that's shit. And all you see are the flaws. And mm. then years later, you look back at that animation. And you're like, wow, man, back in my 20s, I knew it was good. I was amazing in my 20s. What the hell happened? <laughs> like, this is so in every little piece of any creative thing, you'll, you'll waffle on your own work. And, and I shouldn't you shouldn't necessarily seek external validation, but if you're making a product like a video game, you kind of should definitely seek external oh. validation. Like, I um, I have playtests. I watch people play the game. That's always painful. Um, I have not been doing that enough because of the coronavirus, but, uh, yeah, I'll waffle on certain parts of the game that I'm not as confident in. Mm. Um,
0: do you like, do you ever get, like, because I know when I'm trying to think of something that I'm going to do, you will immediately think, like, someone else has already done it. Mm-hmm. They've done it better. Mm-hmm. I could do it, and it might be fun for me, but what would be the point when <laughs> I already know, like, nah, yeah, this, this this isn't going to be great. Like, do do you have a level of confidence... That just the thing you're going to do is going to be great or is there a level of expectation management there where you're like yeah it's not going to be the new league of legends but i think for what it is it's going to be good (laughs) like kind of the thing
1: yeah so there's a combination there uh i don't i wouldn't say i have great advice because i actually fucked that up so when (laughs) i worked on when i early in kine i had the first prototype done and Mm. i was like me the, the first handful of puzzles and I thought I was a god and I thought nobody had ever come up with anything like this ever and I uh, I had done the only game I knew was like Steven Sausage Roll in mm. the what I now know is the Sokoban genre But I was like this is nothing like Steven Sausage Roll but it's you know it's close enough and it hews to it no one's ever done anything like this I am a god this is the greatest idea and then I, I go online and I find out that no this is actually a genre there are people that kick out shit-tons of Sokoban games, like a game a week or some shit for mm. some of these people. There are loads of them. Like, grid-based block pushers are a, a, a legit genre that people are uh, working in, and people are making much more interesting games than me, and that was, like, a a real blow to the ego. Like, yeah. at a level that I cannot express. Um, but somehow... First, I played a bunch of those games, and I just fell in love with the genre, and realized I'm not very good at making puzzles. And then, second, I uh, it did make kind better um, mm. because of that. And the other thing was like, oh, but all these games look li- like Hubris. Hubris yeah. helped. I yes. like, Well, but I'm from I'm from Bioshock Infinite, and I know how to make a game look good. And all these games look like crap. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: So who cares? And then I just went and made kind. Um. So that happens. You generally... it's It sucks because everything's been done. Mm. And what you have to do is... You have to actually be aware of that because you are competing with those things. Those things exist in the world. Um, on the one hand, I guess ignorance is bliss. Uh, but no, I, I think it is it is important to know what the other games are out there. It's important to know if you're doing a game that is derivative. And what you need is confidence that you when you're making a game you will see something in that game that you like and you'll expand upon it mm-hmm. and if you're pushing in a direction that's interesting to you if you're bringing yourself to the to what you're making you will end up making something different and unique if you if you're pursuing what's interesting about the game that you're making uh, you just have to have confidence that it will differentiate that you will find those factors that make whatever it is you're doing different Um and up front, in the very beginning it may not always be clear what that thing is usually it depends on how you started the project maybe you saw a game maybe you loved call of duty and you thought call of duty would be better if you were shooting glitter guns and then you just leaned really hard into glitter guns because no other game has done glitter guns that's a and i like a you know you're you're just kind of pursuing pursuing something that is to you slightly different a slightly different variant and pushing mm. that as hard as possible and as you develop the game things will shift and change and you're always kind of guiding it to something that you think is interesting and unique even if where you start isn't always necessarily super unique mm. because it is it is daunting to think that everything's been done yeah you know
0: that's a like i guess yeah that's kind of the real crux of the question right where you're like how can you maintain that confidence in your the thing you're making.
1: Well, and most likely, most likely you're not making you're not literally cloning Mario. You're yeah. not literally sitting down and thinking, "I want to clone Mario." You're most likely thinking, "I want to make a platformer, but god, there's so many platformers." We'll just start making that platformer. And as you do it, you keep know that Mario exists, but pursue the thing that's unique about your platformer and just keep pushing on that thing that's unique about what you're doing and eventually if you continue to push on what's unique and what's special about your game and honing in on just what makes your game different, then you will end up somewhere else Mm.
0: that makes a lot of sense Um, I think that's about all I had for like motivation and stuff
1: you're out of motivation to write (laughs) motivational questions
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean it was mostly just born out of like my own frustrations of trying to think up things whilst also then seeing like just i don't know it was just that one stream again like you say flashy graphics they'll do it but it was flashy also,
1: graphics will do
0: it. yeah it was that it was that sort of thing of just seeing that i was like shit it really was like i should have done it again that like, kind of thing Or i was like god damn and this wasn't even like this wasn't even the main one like <laughs> this was like the side side yeah. one <laughs>
1: Well, you spend a lot of time... Well, I spend a great deal of time thinking about video games. And when Mm. I play games, I think about them critically. I think about what I like about them and so forth, you know. It's on top of... I mean, people get motivation from different places. But in general, it's not like I was born with some innate ability to make games Jesus mm. this all sound this whole pot I hate answering questions because I feel <laughs> pretentious. I don't feel like I've done enough to justify answering questions of these nature of this nature but like you you practice and you work on it and you, I, I think it's interesting that a lot of game designers have a background in either teaching game design like they spend some amount of time doing that or they spend some amount of time, uh, being reviewers like Tom Francis reviewed games for a long time, mm. thought critically about what ga- why games were good and why games were bad for a long time. He's phenomenal at it, has an awesome blog about it. Um, and that so all of that thinking and theory crafting comes out when he makes his games, and I think that's part of why he's so successful and why his games are so fun.
0: Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Um Oh, i think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up i did want to say like to anyone listening to this that has their own questions as i called my google doc for this gwen questions do feel free to send them in you can get in contact with us on twitter uh at dialogue box cast but other than that gwen it has been a pleasure mm-hmm. talking to you yet again
1: sure you can also just drop in my discord anytime oh yeah, um. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, my Twitter is, handle is dire Goldfish, and you can drop into the, the Discord from there and then ask oh, whatever you want.
0: Yeah, do that, actually. I don't know why that wasn't the first thing that came into my head. Yeah, you can go in there and Gwen will just talk to you and also so will a bunch of other really nice developers. It's always great watching the conversation going on in there.
1: Sweet, yeah. Well, thanks for setting this up, Chris.
0: No problem, Gwen. Thank you.
1: This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight and you've been in the dialog box.